welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, we're talking class of 22 recruits. We're talking about their whole career. Where are they going to be right away? Where are they going to be as they fulfill their Penn State career over the next couple years? And guess what? Today's show is devoted to the offensive line. We already talked about a couple of them. We talked about Drew Shelton, the four-star out of Downington. And we talked about J.B. Nelson, very big guy out of Lackawanna College, uh, who has a chance to be a factor right away, and if not, down the line. Let's get to a couple more. And each one of these linemen, Dustin, has their own unique story. And the next one up is Malik McNeil, six foot seven, six seven. 340 pounds coming out of high school. He's a three-star out of New York. I'm, I'm, you got to recruit him for the size, but probably a project, right? Well, and I think it's interesting, you know, as part of this series, uh, I, I jotted down when I think a player is going to arrive. And so when we're looking at the four offensive linemen who are committed, not including Hunter Norzad, who transferred in from, who is transferring in from Cornell, you look at the four guys in the 22 class, I've got four different ETAs on them. I've got J.B. Nelson in 2022 coming from Lackawanna College. I've got Drew Shelton, who is the, the best prospect and the best athlete of these group. He's one of the, he definitely is the closest thing to being a, a can't miss type player. I've got him arriving in 2023, spending a year getting a little stronger, and, and, and uh, shoring up his technique. I've got um, Vega Iwane, uh, who was the last commit to sign in the late signing period in 2024. We'll talk about him in a little bit. And I've got Malik McNeil arriving in 2025. Um, lot to like about this kid. Love the frame. Uh, six foot seven kind of speaks for itself. He 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 has that um, potential more so than the other three guys, even in this class, more so than you know even some of the tackles that Penn State has had of developing into that monster, the the enormous. A uh, guy who can play on Sundays, uh, can grow into that. And I think you've seen some interesting tools to go with that um, frame, but I do think he's got a, a long way to go. Um, he's got a long way to go to kind of get all his parts in, a, in alignment with, you know, the, the taller you are, uh, the harder it is to do that. But what I feel like he does, you know, at six foot seven, what we say about 325 for him weight wise? I have the one I looked up said 340. And I'm going to okay. look at a couple different places while you you continue yeah. to see if we get another number somewhere else. Still, there, there's um you know the 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 natural size. Twenty four seven sports has him at three forty, uh, but the natural size is really something to behold. But when you look at him and you see that he in the twenty four seven sports composite is the number eighty one offensive tackle in the country, uh, number nine thirty two player overall, it, it's built into his ranking that this kid's got some work to do. Um, he needs to play against top flight competition. He's got to learn from you know technicians on how to play the position. Um, but the, the raw tools that are there, 
are hard to bring in. You know, and I, I think the the good thing with this group of guys that that they're bringing in is they they are all at kind of different steps of the process. Um, and Malik McNeil, you know, pretty high ceiling, but there, it's going to take some time and some work. Uh, the frame, I think, I, I don't remember what Sterling Jenkins was exactly coming out of Western Pennsylvania. It, that might be a bad comparison because um, he didn't pan out here, but. Um, but the raw tools are certainly there. He moves, Jim, you know, better than I would expect for a guy uh, of that size. So now it's just a matter of, okay, getting down to the hard work, making sure that you as a coaching staff, your evaluation of him is he's going to steer into that. He's going to be patient. He's going to continue to work. He's going to continue to hone his craft because it could take a long time. But the good news is, I think with all that, you're not bringing in a kid who's going to have a realistic expectation to be a, a year one or year two starter. I think he probably is arriving here with the full story of, okay, you're good. we're going need, to need to work at this. Um, we're going to need to refine your body. We're going to need to kind of ch- shift around that weight a little bit and get you a little bit stronger on the bottom and you're in your lower half. I think he's going to come with an expectation that it's going to take some time. And hopefully that allows him to hang in there and stay patient when things get difficult or he has those days where, uh, he just feels like it's not happening for him because those days are going to happen. And by the way, I did look up, you, we were quoting a 24-7-6-7-340. Rivals also has him at 340, but at 6'8". He's a big kid. And I think the other part of this, though, is when you talk about an offensive lineman and he is 6'7 or 6'8", you're not going to find that very often, okay? You can't coach 6'7 or 6'8". And then the ability to carry the weight that comes with that height. So even if he is a little bit raw, that's a good gamble. And it's not like it's one of those positions where you get one at a time. You know, a tight end or a quarterback where, gee, all our eggs are in that basket, this recruiting cycle. When you bring in three, four, five offensive linemen in a single class, you could take a project or two and project out a couple years. It's okay. It, it really is. And not ha- necessarily have them uh, ready to play in year one or year two. And I hadn't noticed you had sent me your notes, but you're right. You do have that ETA. Four different guys, four different years of arrival. And that also lets you know the differences among these players who you might expect to uh be ready to play right away, and who's going to take a long time. And you're right, McNeil probably is listed as a project, but a guy just with that size alone, you've got to be excited about. Finally, in our... Well, let, let me let me just chime in one more thing. Um, so Penn State in their signing day central, when they're announcing guys, they have hit Malik McNeil at 6'7", 355. And, um, you know, I, like I said, the, the movement... Um, is not of a guy with that frame. And I, I was just looking real quick. Jordan Mailata, the uh, former, what, he was a former Aussie Rules um, Rug- football rugby player. player. Who, rug- rugby player. What, what, I, I forget. Uh, yeah, he was a professional rugby player in Australia. In uh, Australia. He's 6'8", 365. So not, obviously not suggesting or saying that Malik McNeil is this guy because he took an unbelievable path to get to the NFL, and he has really thrived. He was a project that that, 
stage. But when you're when you're at that frame and you move pretty well, you can make that frame work for you. And I think you know my <clears throat> my my last point is if you are bringing in four players, and if you're Andy Frank and you're trying to time out the the roster and when guys are arriving you don't want four guys who are, are going to arrive in 2022 and you don't want four guys who are going to arrive in 2025 i think ideally you would have a little bit different mix of 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 uh polish and technique and and how ready they're going to be and when you think they're going to be ready uh i don't know if they would have the same etas as i do but i'm sure they have different etas in their minds for each of these guys and it's it's a pretty good little mix of of players and if you have four guys arrive at the same time that means those four guys are probably leaving at the same time Correct. one last thought i was thinking the same comparison to the eagles left tackle but have you ever seen any of the videos of him carrying the ball in rugby yeah it's like it's like a, a caricature it's like it, you can't believe what you're watching it's like the 12-year-old kid playing with five-year-olds and they just sort of bounce off of them it was pretty funny to see Perhaps uh, they'll have to work in Malik McNeil, maybe a couple plays at fullback. Would like to see that. Have some fun with it. Well, we have one more offensive lineman. This was an interesting one because he comes from the state of Washington. It was a very late commit. He was at the February signing day, and that's Vega Iwani, and he's from the state of Washington, which just makes him interesting coming from Washington. I don't think uh, Penn State has had very many recruits from there. He's listed at 6'4", 310. He's a three-star, but they seem pretty excited about bringing him in. Uh, They definitely needed more bodies at offensive line. But I don't think they looked at him as just filler, Dusty. No, and I, I think that's something that needs to be repeated. It's a good thought that um, Penn State was so desperate for offensive linemen, they would take anybody in the second signing period. And that's just not the case. Uh, if you know anything about James Franklin, it's almost like diligence to a fault on certain things. And this is something that they absolutely insist on. And it's probably one of the reasons why through all the pandemic recruiting and no campus visits, uh, they didn't really change their bar. You know, if, if they weren't comfortable, if they if there were big gaps in a player's history, if there were gaps with his family or gaps with his education or whatever the case might be, uh, they, they don't move very aggressively. So I think they had good information. They've got some coaching roots. The new special teams coach is from, you know, the Pacific Northwest. He's coached out there. Joe Lorig um, spent time out there. So I, clearly somebody had an inside track on what make this, makes this kid tick and got a chance to know him better just because they came around late and offered him late. Um, doesn't mean they didn't know anything about him. They were just desperate for a lineman. I would also add that if you are a definitive true blue interior offensive lineman, there's a pretty high bar to clear to be above a three star. And Iowane is, um, you know, it's something like 320 pounds, something like that. Uh, he's, he's a huge kid, but I don't know that you're looking at him and saying, okay, this is an elite athlete who's going to play on Sunday someday. This is a guy who has the makings of being a really, really solid guard, uh, and he's got a pretty good frame for it right now. He's got um, some strength and power. Uh, you look at him, and you can kind of see him being able to kind of anchor with his lower body and be able to hold up against Big Ten offensive 
offensive lineman, you're just going to need, he, he's just going to have to move a little bit better and, and work on his footwork and, um, you know, and, and those types of things. But for a li- late addition in this class, um, for an interior offensive lineman, I actually really like what he brings to the table. Um, it's just, you know, with the Penn State roster, some of the guys who have been on campus for two or three years who we still don't know anything about are guys like uh, Nick Dawkins, guys like that who, um, you know, we just haven't seen them or heard from them. And they started out as true inside guys. And we just don't know where things stand with them now. But Vega Iwane is a, is a nice addition late in the cycle and not somebody that I ever felt like Penn State settled for. And you bring up a good point in bringing up the name, say, Nick Dawkins, who we talk about these guys as true freshmen, and it's why every year at some point in our show, we go back to the guys who've been there and haven't gotten on the field yet, but it's their second year on campus or even their third year on campus because it's easy to forget about them and immediately go to the freshmen. But we should be tempering our expectation that it's not necessarily going to happen in year one for everybody. Or year two, or in a lot of cases, even year three. And look at, I mean, just some of these names who, you know, in 2022, uh, redshirt sophomore Jimmy Christ, redshirt sophomore Ibrahim Traor, uh, sophomore Nick Dawkins, uh, sophomore Olu Fashanu, redshirt junior Sal Wormley, who apparently was in position to start this past year, redshirt sophomore Golden Israel Achumba. You know, that's a pretty big group where their time is coming, but we just have no indication of who that might be. Speaking of time, we are out of it, Dustin. That's it for quarter number three. Stick around quarter number four. We've got our other Dustin, Dustin Schuette, to talk about Big Ten. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 